0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the uh, 11th podcast with me, Woody, and Susanna.
1: Tufty. <laughs> <laughs> Hello.
0: With another smooth opening transition for you all. And believe it or not, we've managed two weeks in a row where we've got our guest on. And ladies and you've probably shaken hands with them on the door, but today, Christopher Day is joining us on the podcast. So Christopher, why don't you introduce yourself? tell us and quickly summarise what you've done in life, what you're doing at the moment and maybe how long you've been at Whitcombe as well actually.
2: Okay, um, hello. Um, I retired from the MOD after 43 and a half years service in 2012. I married to Janet and married uh, 35 and a half years, two sons, Stephen and Jonathan, who are both active in the church and we've been at Whitcombe 15 and a half years.
0: Oh, very good. And I like that smooth knowing exactly how long you've been married for. I don't think every man can <laughs> match you in such although I think you did say you prepared this in advance. So <laughs> maybe I shouldn't credit you too much there. Cool. Right, guys, let's jump in with the what have we all been doing during this week? And this is the joys of having a guest on because it's somebody who's not been a boring MT like us and has got other stuff going on. So Christopher, why don't you start us off? What have you been up to?
2: Well, this week on Tuesday, um, the, uh, Friday this week, I've been helping with the lateral flow testing for COVID at World's School, where I'm also an invigilator when exams permit and where Janet works. Now, and aside from that, I've been doing some uh, reading. Fair enough. So lateral flow testing, that
0: seems quite fancy. Is that just w- what's going on there?
2: Well, you get te- You take the test and literally within 20 minutes or so, you get a reply saying, Yes, you're negative or, sadly, yes, you're positive. And oh. they're, doing that for, uh, they're doing that for staff at school at World's Way twice a week. And for the students that are there, which is about 60 at the moment, i um, have been tested once a week.
1: Hmm. So do you still have to put uh, it in your nose and in your mouth? Is it the same kind of way of doing
2: it? Yes. Yes.
1: It, oh,
2: it's the worst. The worst? Oh, uh, yeah. That's tricky. Um, some days it's worse than others. Today was a bad day. Um, quite a few people were doing the test this morning were going, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> it was one of those days. And other days it's gone really smoothly and it hasn't been uncomfortable at all. This morning it was a little uncomfortable.
0: Wow. I couldn't imagine doing twice a week. Like, you know, I can still feel the pain in my ribs from when I gagged during my <laughs> COVID test back in December, let alone, oh, how many times have you been tested, Christopher?
2: Uh Four. Oh. And it will be, like be done that. again on Tuesday. Oh. Next Tuesday.
0: I think they should have like created a, a loyalty card for these COVID tests and at the end of the pandemic, whoever's had the most gets like a special letter from the Queen or something. Just because that oh that's a unpleasant experience.
1: Do you have to wear oh, like no. a full kind of outfit of you know protective gear?
2: I I don't have to because I'm on the reception desk. Uh,
1: okay. So
2: I check everybody in and give them the, the um test kits as they come in, but the three ladies who are on the main desk, they got mm. full PPE. Mm. I have a mask and gloves. Excellent. talking about a, a, something for the Queen, and it myself <laughs> have been to Buckingham Palace.
1: Have
2: you? We have been to a Royal Garden party.
1: How did you get invited to that?
2: Because so I worked for the MOD, I saw the, um, if you'd like to apply, please do. So I did, and we got tickets to go to a Royal Garden party.
0: Wow. Well, not bad. If ever there's a reason to work in government. That's the right there But hey, that's enough political commentary for myself. I feel like Paul, whenever he has to slap himself on the wrist from saying something in a sermon. Anyway, Susanna, have you had any interesting things this week?
1: Uh yeah, so there's a scary cat that lives next door to Roger and Anne's, and he's called Hero, which is kind of ironic because he's more of a villain, to be honest. Um and he's like black and he has these like awful fangs. And like, he's very sneaky. Like he came in the other day and like managed to, I think, open a box of cat food. A bit. Like, he tries eating, like, the other cat's food. Like, one time, apparently, Roger and Anne woke up and he was on their bed. And I think <laughs> if you go near him, he will try and bite you. Like, he's, like, I heard the jingle of his collar and I, like, saw him and, and ran down the stairs because I'm afraid of him.
2: You're being terrorised yeah. by a cat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you like cats, Christopher?
2: Uh, not particularly. I've never had, I have had a pet. I just bought a budgie many, 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 many years ago. <laughs> That's the only pet I've had.
1: What was your budgie called?
2: Peter. Aww. He's buried in the back garden of 50 Chetwick Road, where I used to live in London.
0: So there's like a a family in there and some poor kid goes digging in a certain (laughs) spot. They're going to be (laughs) traumatised. Like, Can you handle a budgie or is it just you kind of have to leave
2: it in the cage and let it... you You can handle budgies. Put your finger finger into the cage and badges will jump onto your finger. You don't have to take them for walks either, you do with dogs.
1: (laughs) What were you going to talk about, Adam? You haven't asked you yet.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, The only new and interesting thing I've done this week is I I went to the physio. I did the the classic thing of get an injury about six months ago, not do anything about it, and then eventually go, ah, I should probably look into this. And, yeah, the physio was quite useful. I now know what I need to do. Of course, it's one thing to know what you need to do, but another thing to actually follow through on the physio's advice. It's like a classic following the Sunday sermon. Yeah, although I must admit, like I left for my physio appointment a bit late, so I had to run up Woodcombe Hill, which for the injury I've got in my knee was not what I was supposed to be doing. So I rather, ironically, hurt my leg even more by going to the physio to find <laughs> out how to fix my leg. Oh yeah. dear. Indeed, indeed. But, you know, it will eventually get better, in theory.
2: I had to have Sorry. physio, physiotherapy after I'd had my back operation. That was only for the two days that I was in hospital. No, three days I was in hospital. Physios
0: are great, man. They seem to be so much more useful than doctors. Now, apologies to any, any doctors out there, but <laughs> I've got more positive experience of physios than doctors. Oh, dear me. Oh, alienating boy. our audience. I'm just going to stop speaking. <laughs> I think, Susanna, you, you, you take over.
1: What would you normally be doing um, if COVID wasn't a thing, Christopher?
2: What would I be doing this time of year? Well it would, could well be football on a Wednesday afternoon with the Beach University Championship and Saturday morning football, the Bristol Churches League gave up playing football a very long time ago because so I was a referee forty-eight years. Wow. Oh, fair enough. I'm hoping that I can do at least a game in two years' time, so that I could do one in my fiftieth year. And apart from that, there was no exams either because the individuals were cancelled. At least for now.
1: Are you a scary invigilator? No. <laughs> you used to get some. I don't like it, right? When you had an exam and you get someone that would stop and like stare at you for ages and like really put you off.
2: No, we uh, we don't do that. We tend to. That's good. We always keep moving around, so we're never hmm. focused on one person at a time. The problem. Wait, well, that's not a problem. Um, I tend to help with the students who have to be fairly isolated so I'm in a mm-hmm. class with 12 people maximum okay. so you build up more of a relationship with them mm. than you do if you've got 180 down in the school hall yeah. uh, you, get, you get on to first name terms with them. you know a bit more about them which is quite nice mm. a couple of them have come in last week uh, so they were for Covid testing and they said oh hello hello." And I didn't recognise them they <laughs> weren't in school uniform mm.
1: oh that's really nice oh,
2: oh hello yes yeah, <laughs> that looks nice you build up far more of a rapport with them.
1: Yeah.
2: Disadvantage is, I'm sat in one place, I can't move around. Mm. I can't do anything, I can't read. You're not allowed to read when you invigilate. Um, so i have just sat there literally at times two and a half hours <laughs> looking around a room. I've got two or three people there. So then you've got to try and keep not looking at them. Yeah. To keep your eyes <laughs> off something else. But in the main hall, you can walk around, so you've got more movement. But mm. I do prefer it in the small rooms, the rapport yeah. you can build up with the students. Mm.
0: Maybe you can ask the school for a treadmill or something or an exercise bike. At least have something to do during that two and a half hours. What, well, I'm next to the gym? Nick a few dumbbells from there or something. <laughs> Grand. Shall we move on to the fort for the podcast? Yes. And Christopher, I know that you've prepared a fort for the day for us. And we, we've heard snippets of it, but we're looking forward to getting the full shebang. So over to you. What
2: Would you like I to share talk. with everyone today the, the snippet? Um, as I was saying earlier, on that uh, my mum was severely disabled from the time I was five with rheumatoid arthritis. Um, but she never complained. And when mum could go into the shops, she'd go in, she wouldn't, get, wouldn't reach the top shelf, and uh, she'd ask people that, Can you get that down from the top shelf for me, please? Because the rheumatoid arthritis went to her hands, feet, so it was pretty bad. But she would. Just, so well, some people have said, to, so, how do you cope? And mum's reply was, God gives me strength for each and every day. So the first two lines of a particular hymn, the second line is, he gives me strength for every passing day. The reading, of obvious reasons, um, it's Revelation 21, and I'll start at verse 4. And God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I will make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give the fountain of the waters of life freely to him who thirsts. And that was the passage that we read at my mum's funeral. And mum, he ended up, mum had to go, be moved around in a wheelchair. Um, She was taken to church, took her to church once a month. But one thing my mum did not want to do was to be pushed down the aisle on our wedding day. And she wasn't, she walked. Ah, oh,
0: mum's... Uh... Uh, Walk
2: back then, back out. He, the uh, photographer was brilliant. He took all the family photos first and then he let mum go to wheelchair. So he was very, very good. But yeah, So that's the little story. And with Covid, how much have we got now that we need every single day the strength that mm. we need? Mm, so that's absolutely. my thought for the day.
0: Oh, well, thank you for sharing that and for the... The testimony of your mother, actually, it reminds me um, of something we covered in our seminars with Clover in the book Gospel Fluency on when people ask us about the way we live, how it's an actual chance to testify to, oh, it's the goodness of, of God. So whether we're nice to people or kind to people, yeah, it's all because of God working in us. So for your mum to be able to say, yeah, I, I crack on because of the grace of God, that's really encouraging to hear. Did, um, did people kind of follow up with her when she would tell them about that or was it just uh, she plants the seed and moves on?
2: That's a tricky one. It's tricky because one of my one of my aunts unfortunately, wasn't the Christian. My other auntie was, um, which is quite nice. And I'm an lonely child. I've got no nieces or nephews. There's just me. Mm. So my family, a part of the church family. I've got one upstairs at the moment, working away busily. Um, Stephen's back at the company, busy himself, and Janet's up at Welsway busy herself. Mm. But basically they've got the family here, plus Janet's extended family.
1: How old was um, your mum when she developed the arthritis?
2: She got married at 33. She, I came along seven years later because they'd actually given up on having a family, mum and dad. Mm. And actually they had given up and then I come along. 43, 44 when it first started. Mm, okay. I was 40 when my mo- uh, mum was 40 when I was born because mm, wow. mum died in uh, eight, 1989. Mm. Wow. So
1: you're similar to me because I'm an only child and mum had me when she was 44, older as well. I know, cutting it fine.
2: <laughs> oh, I didn't realise that.
0: Christopher thank you very much for that
2: mm.
0: personal story, a very encouraging story and Saying, yeah, we all need to remember that we, God gives us grace each day. With that, we come to our recommendations. And Christopher, let's start with yourself first. What have you brought for us today?
2: Ah, well, it's, uh, I'm not really into films. I've probably only been to the cinema um, 10, 12 times in the last 35 years. But um, as some of you know, I'm into my reading in particular into military history. Um, But the book I'm going to recommend is not on military history. Uh, My brother-in-law gave it to me for Christmas, and it's A Promised Land, Barack Obama's autobiography, volume one. He set out to write it as one volume, and then realised it was going to take up more than one volume. It's 700 pages long, but it's a very easy read. It's a very, very simple read. And once I got into it, I was fascinated because it's his background story, how he was brought up in Hawaii. Uh, Yes, he is an American. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Trump might have thought at one time. Um, It's a very, very easy read. And I finished it at half past seven this morning. But I could say I finished it. Very enjoyable. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading volume two when it comes out, and the volume one finished when they captured Bin Laden, or actually oh, well. Bin Laden's Guild volume, which is up to 2011.
0: Maybe in order to appear politically neutral on the podcast, we also need to recommend Donald Trump's Art of the Deal, just to get a range of all...
1: I don't think that's necessary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I, I think we were all most surprised, Christopher, that you've not brought for us a, a military history book. So expectations have been subverted. Susanna, before myself and Christopher get ourselves in a military history rabbit hole, which we could probably spend the next hour talking about. Why don't you take us through your recommendation?
1: So I'm recommending a cafe today. It's called the Good Day Cafe. Um, and I went there with my friend Tabby this week and um, they do amazing brownies. And I think they do this thing where it's like cream egg, like wrapped in like chocolate like a big and then they have like Lindor ones and i had like a, a raspberry and white chocolate blondie and it's also very like aesthetic they've got a nice like lit up sign and like potted plants so i think normally they have like upstairs seating and everything so um and i had the coffee and it was really good coffee too so might be a new favorite spot to go and have cake i think it's off uh walcott street um so it's sort of in central central town
0: okay I'm pretty sure good cheese companies aren't Walcott Street. All no, maybe good things not, are on Walcott Street. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I okay. think it's it's
1: not far on the map. Yeah, it is. It's off. It's not on Walcott Street. I think it's saying Upper Borough Walls. Oh, yeah. but um, yeah, if you Google it, you'll find it.
0: Cool. Okay, so, so we've had well, we've had books, we've had cafes, and I'm going to recommend some YouTube channels, specifically some cooking channels. I'll admit my cooking during university was not the best. Like it was edible, but um, it left a lot to be desired. And I have found these two cooking channels in particular have been particularly useful. Uh, The first one is Chinese Cooking Demystified. Uh, Essentially, it's an American who lives in China with his girlfriend, and they just do a bunch of um, videos showing, oh, here's how to make this Chinese dish. I did a braised pork belly recipe off that channel, and oh, it was delicious. It was like incredibly calorie intense, which I didn't even bother to count the calories. It would have been too many. But um, oh, I loved it. And then the second one is Pro Home Cooks. Not watch too much of this guy, but for um, a pleb like me, he provides some very useful tips and some good guiding videos. I did a short rib recipe of his, and that was also very nice. So we'll be providing links for those this week. Yeah, cool. This seems to be a very efficient podcast for once in our lives. Yeah. I think with us approaching the end, all we can do is, Christopher, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Mm, thank you. My right. pleasure. And then we're trying to think, something about hands, yeah, something hands, about space.
1: Space. Look to Jesus.
0: And maybe wear a face covering. Cool. Right. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.